Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled working mother who hit snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can follow a nutrition plan that supports their goals, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of their to-do list, and go to bed feeling fantastic about the day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle, and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Carol Perlman, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. We are kicking off the new year, 2023, and I think everyone agrees just this clean slate feels so good. So today I have one of my favorite people in the world uh, showing up as a guest for us, my friend Tracy Miller. Welcome, Tracy. Hello. Glad to be here. So glad you're here. This is going to be really fun. So let me give a little context for how this topic um, came about. And I was thinking, you know, January is such a prime time in the health and fitness world. And, you know, thinking about habits, everybody is turning over, you know, turning the page into 2023 and wanting to start off the year really strong and kind of keep to the promises. I always talk about this, keeping the promise that you make to yourself. And I know lots of people like to start, make New Year's resolutions, and then those kind of come and go, and they don't really stick, I think, for most people. But here on the podcast, we talk about habits, and habits stick, and habits are for life, and habits are what really get you results. So I was thinking, all right, it's January. These have to be some really good episodes. And I wanted to really instill some hope that, it can be done. Change is possible. And no matter what life throws in your way, we all have obstacles. And even with those obstacles, it is still possible to keep your eye on the prize and stay focused on your goals. And so Tracy, you came to mind, you know, as I was thinking about this and trying to think, who could I bring on that would be a really good example of this? And then of course, the universe spoke to me and I came across you know, one of your posts showed up and I said, oh my God, it's Tracy. Tracy totally exemplifies this and we need to have her on the podcast. And so that's how this came about. So I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. So, and here you are. <laughs> um, so we're going to go back. We're going to kind of paint the story. We're going to go back to how things were for you growing up. Cause I think you have this defining moment when you decided things have to change. And it's an amazing story of how you made that happen. So let's go back to before you drew that line in the, in the sand. And I should tell people that Tracy's from North Carolina. So you're going to hear her fabulous accent. And she is a special ed teacher and a married mom of two really adorable girls. And so we're going to go back before all of that even happened. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how things were for you personally in terms of health and wellness, um, you know, growing up. Paint that picture for us. Well, as Carol mentioned, I am from the South, and I guess I would consider myself a deep Southerner. Um, it's very typical in my house, especially on Sundays, my mom, my grandparents, 
we really like to throw down in the kitchen. So I was brought up, um, a typical meal at my house is going to be fried chicken, flour bread, cornbread, rice with gravy, homemade biscuits. Like you don't have, I know a lot of people love to travel and they love to experience like food from different places. I didn't have to travel to get a good Southern meal. It's right here at my house in my mama's kitchen. So I grew up, that's the way I've always ate, you know, even after school, you know, I think about now what I do after school, just like a really quick meal. We came home from school before we went to sporting events and everything. My mom had a full course meal cooked for us every single night. So um, all the good food all the time, Carol. (laughs) That's unbelievable. God bless her, first of all, for making that happen. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that was just sort of the norm. And I bet, you know, as a kid, we don't really know that there's anything different out there. All we know is what we experience in our house. So that was just life day in and day out, these big, heavy meals. Um, You know, food is a big part of the Southern culture as it is for all of our cultures. Um, But just quantities and hearty foods was just the norm right and even where I live at where I live at I'm from a very small town um one stop like the grocery store here is limited like we don't have like organic culturally like people here just never knew how to be healthy you know um there's there wasn't a gym here so my parents never grew up with the gym setting or anything like that um so we just didn't know this is just our way of life Yeah. So you cut out for a moment. So let me just back up for a second. So you live in this tiny, tiny town, one stoplight. And did you say one grocery store? Yes, we have one very small grocery store. Yeah. No organic. No no Whole Foods, no Trader Joe's around the corner. Like none of that. None of that. None of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Something Um, healthy at my grocery store would be a Diet Coke. Diet Coke is like, oh, we're going to be healthy. We're going to get a diet soda. Which is what all of us thought growing up, right? You know, so, um, okay. So that was life. That was life as you knew it. And then let's fast forward a bit. And when did you start getting this idea? You know, maybe there's another way out there. Maybe I want to start doing things a little different. Yeah. So whatever I've always, I guess I would, I've never, what I would say be fat. I was always the bigger girl in school, the bigger friend to my crowd. So I always struggled. Like I wasn't to the point where I would consider myself overweight. I was just always bigger than everyone else. And, um, people would tell me, Oh, you're big boned. Oh, this, this is why I'm this size. I'm just a big bone person. Like, is that even like a real thing that you're a big bone person? (laughs) Um, but I guess whenever I got into high school and started playing sports and everything, it was kind of that life where, okay, you get out of school, then you run and get fast food with your friends. And then you go to sporting events. And I really started putting on weight whenever I was in high school and I became very self-conscious of my weight because I could tell, okay, hey, I'm bigger than everyone else. Because when you're looking at everyone else and you start playing that comparison game, you're like, whoa. So um, at that point, I had started, I remember the first thing I tried was low carbs. Like you could only eat 20 carbs a day. And so I was like, okay, I will. And 
And for me, a low carb diet for me would have been pork rinds um, out of a bag, something quick, pork rinds and a diet Dr. Pepper, green beans out of a can um, or cabbage or something like it was canned vegetables, diet sodas and pork rinds, something with no carbs. So I would do that. I would lose weight. And then, of course, you know, it's nothing that you can maintain and keep at. So I would go back and I would gain the weight again. And I remember diet peels, Adipex. I remember trying diet peels. And of course, they would work really good for a little while. And then they would make me so angry. I would become like a completely different person because it would change my mood. Um, and I even remember taking some, I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was some peel. And it was designed where if you ate something bad, like you, your stomach was just like, whoo. And I remember being in high school, taking these pills and still eating the food with my friends because, you know, when they were going somewhere, you didn't want to not have that food. And I can remember just regretting and thinking I, I, I would be so sick after I would eat because everything would just like run through me. But that was, you know, that was the idea I had. This is what you have to do. You have to suffer in order to get results. It was always just suffer, suffer, suffer. You know, you're either going to be moody, you're going to be hungry, or you're going to have an upset stomach. This is the only way to lose weight. The only way. Oh, that's and I think. And then terrible. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the only way. <laughs> So that's what you knew sort of in high school. And then fast forward a little bit more, what started to show you that there might be a different way? Yeah, so I get out of high school and um, I am working, I'm going to school full time. I'm working two jobs, you know, just completely maxed out. My parents always instilled that hard work ethic in me. So it was like, you know, if you want something, you have to work, work harder than, than anyone. So I've kind of been raised in my mind, you know, always work hard. Like when you show up to work, give your best, give your all. So at that point I was showing up in college, full-time student, giving my all. I was working a job in the morning at 5.30 in the morning, giving my all. I'd go to school, come home. I'd work another job at night as a waitress and give it my all. And my whole, I started like developing these rashes all over my body. Um, and at first I was like, this is a rash or this is warts. Like I didn't know what it was, but I think the stress and the, the food that I was eating, because it would be like, I'd work all day, run to a fast food restaurant, get something to eat, go to class, leave class, get supper at a fast food restaurant. And it was just like nonstop. And my body was reacting to that stress. And I discovered that I had psoriasis. So there starts this whole other issue that I'm having. I'm overweight. I have psoriasis now. Um, I guess whenever it really started changing, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that show? I know you know it now, but do you remember whenever The Biggest Loser first came out on TV? Do you remember that show? Yeah, of and course. I was like, because, you know, we didn't have smart TVs and all of these different things back then to learn about health. You know, whenever I, where I live at, you know, no one knew how to tell us how to lose a weight or anything. Well, here comes this show on TV, The Biggest Loser. And I remember watching that show and seeing them work out and, you know, watching them in the kitchen. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to 
do this. So I remember going to Walmart and getting the biggest loser cookbook. It was like this big, thick book. I got that book and I bought the Jillian Michaels home workout DVDs. And my mama was like, I'll do these with you. So we started working out in the morning. She would get up with me and we would do these workouts. And at home, I was like cooking all these foods. Of course, my daddy, especially, he's like, what is this mess? Like, Tracy, what are you eating? Um, but I started doing that and I started seeing a lot of results. Um, and then my husband, Daniel, um, when we got together, he was actually um, on a, he was a sponsored fighter. You know, he's really big into karate, martial arts. So he did a lot of traveling for fighting and everything. So he I guess it was like totally different. He actually worked out. He like went to the gym. He went to the karate school and he would work out. So I would start, of course, I was dating him. So I would go with him to work out at the karate school. And um, we would do the Billy Blanks work. You remember the kickboxing oh God, by Billy yeah. Blanks? Yep. We would get in there and we would do the Billy Blanks kickboxing workouts. and. Um, I was just, I love popping in a VHS or a DVD and doing workouts. And I started losing weight whenever that happened. And I was still eating. I still wasn't eating like I, I should have been eating, but I was now moving my body like, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying this, like, I guess, exercise high that you would get from it. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's whenever it started to shift. When I was like in that college stage, you know, I stressed, anxiety, psoriasis. And then I started seeing The Biggest Loser on TV, dating Daniel and starting working out. That's where it really started for me. I didn't know that part of the story. And I think the biggest, the producers of The Biggest Loser would be so happy to hear that, that they, that's, this is what their goal. And in fact, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the producer, um, oh, well, I'll, I'm going to put it in the show notes. So the producer, The Biggest Loser wrote a book and it's really amazing. It's called The Big Fat Truth, I think. And I love it. I listened to it multiple times and I know that he would be so happy to hear that the show had an impact because that was what the goal was. And, you know, here's Tracy Miller, you know, in this tiny little town in North Carolina making positive change because of the show. So I think that's pretty amazing. But that's sort of the, um, what do you call it? Sort of like the beginnings of what we do now, trying to influence people on social media by showing them what's possible. So that's the very beginnings of it. So, okay, so you were starting to make some changes, realizing that exercise is fun, exercise feels good, exercise is helping you to lose weight. And then how did you get, I mean, you were, you were just a beast these days. So how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I continue to do those workouts at the karate school and, you know, I continue to do what I still thought was healthy eating. But to me, I guess my mindset switched from my healthy eating from doing no carbs like pork rinds and Diet Dr. Pepper. I then switched to um, special case cereal, you know, or if it said low calorie on the box or fat free. This was my new way of life of being healthy. Um, still had the psoriasis, you know, that never went away. Um so um, I'm, I'm doing all of that stuff, you know, and still, I'm still not happy. I'm still bigger. I'm still overweight. I'm still not happy with myself. And um, I had, you know, Daniel and I are married now and Elizabeth, she's 10 now. I think she was probably like two, two years old at the time, if even two years old. 
Um, I was on Facebook because, you know, I have always been that girl. I will try absolutely anything. If you say, if it is a trend, if it is a fad, if you have gotten results, then you best believe I'm going to try that too. You know, I will try. If If it guarantees weight loss, I'm going to try it. And I remember, you know, I was scrolling on Facebook, you know, and um, I, I keep seeing this girl's post, you know, she's like, oh, I've lost this weight. I'm doing this. And so I reached out and I messaged. I was like, what is it that you're doing? And she's asking me all of these questions. I remember her saying, you know, well, what do you eat for breakfast? You know, and I was like, well, I eat this and you know, oh, and she's like, how's your energy? And so I really just felt like, gosh, somebody cares enough to ask me like all of these questions, you know, before it's always been like a wheel, like a little hamster in a wheel turning, like me just trying this and it failing, me trying this and it fails. And then for once I had someone like asking me questions about myself to help me pick something out or to, you know, fit me with a program that would actually serve me, serve my needs. And um, I was like, yes, I want to do this. And she was like, well, you know, I'll be your coach and I'll be here to support you. And I remember she told me how much it would cost. And at that time, you know, I was young, you know, oh, you know, when you first get married, you know, everything is like pinching pennies constantly. And I was like, it's going to cost, I think it was like $140. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, what did I just do? But I, I purchased it. I spent that $140 and I purchased it. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And, but because I spent my money on it, you know, that I work hard for, I was like, oh my gosh. I am going to have to really do this when it gets here. I'm going to have to really do this because I spent my money on it, Carol. You know, money just don't grow off trees. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So having a coach, having someone take personal interest in you was really different. And someone, you know, first of all, showing you the way, showing, hey, I did this and this worked for me. And then she took particular interest in you. And that felt really different. And you spent money, which what felt like a lot of money at the time. And so you're like, I'm going to get my money's worth. I got to, I got to justify this. And so what did you learn through this program that was different from other things you had been trying? Well, I I remember the package arriving and there were all these containers. I started off with a program called the 21 day fix by Autumn Calabrese through Beachbody. That was the first program that I did. And I remember it said all of this food I had to eat. And I was just like, I'm going to gain so much weight by eating so much food. Like, cause my whole life, it's like, eat less. It has to be low calorie, you know, don't eat this much. And here I am with all of this food. And I, I remember, you know, you have this formula you have to put in about what you're supposed to eat. And I did the formula over and over again, because I was convinced there was no way that I was supposed to eat this much food. <laughs> And um, sure enough, I was supposed to eat that much food. So, and I'm a rule follower. So you guys should know that about me. Like if there's a speed limit sign, I have to drive, you know, what that number is. I'm a rule follower. I'm a school teacher. So of course I follow the rules. So whenever this arrived, I was like, okay, first, you know, I put some skin in the game because I purchased something, you know, I weren't just Googling free things. I put skin in the game. I got this program and then it had rules to follow. This is what you do. These are healthy foods. This is why these are healthy foods. Your body's moving. So you need to fuel your body the correct way. You know, you need to have carbs. And I learned, you know, carbs come from fruits. You know, they they come from different things other than just my mom's fried pork chops. So I was looking at carbs in 
a completely different way. And I did that program. It was three weeks. I did the program and then I did it again. And I had lost like 20 pounds. And the first time in my life, because I was having to make myself eat this food, but for the first time in my life, I was eating more and I was seeing results. I didn't have to go anywhere because I had a, a toddler. You know, it's impossible for for me anyways, in my situation, I don't have like anyone just volunteer, you know, like babysitting for me after work because everyone in my family works as well. So to have something I could do at home, you know, right there, not having to go anywhere. And then I was able to follow a plan. It just worked out completely for me. And I think what changed, because like I said, I was always the bigger friend. I never had like girlfriends here, a lot of friends that was like, you want to hit the gym with me? You want to let's work out? The only person I had to work out with was my husband, which, you know, I love working out with Daniel, but it was completely different whenever um, I had a coach and she put me in this virtual group and there were all these other moms, all these other women working out as well. So they could understand and they could relate to, oh my goodness, I'm tired. The baby didn't sleep. We'll do that workout anyways. You'll feel better. They understood, you know, how much time, you know, the how much time it takes to prep these meals. But, you know, we would all share things that would work for us. It was kind of like we would just feed off of each other. That community to me was everything. Like I just, I was obsessed with the community. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to show up for them because we were doing it together. And I'm one of these people that go all in. I work very hard at something. So if you were going to do it, Carol, well, if Carol's going to do it, I'm going to do it too. I'm not going to let Carol down. And I think that was the changing point for me having that community. I totally agree that that community, the accountability, the kind of the built-in accountability, um, it's just, it's life-changing. It really is. And that was my experience as well. But, you know, you said it way better than I ever could, you know, just feeling a part of something and knowing that there were other people working on the same goal, cheering you on, expecting you to show up and kind of doing this give and take. You show up for them when they need it and they show up for you when you need it. And it really is, it's just golden. It's so powerful. And so I think this is about the point when I met you. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't there to witness all of that first part of the story. But when I met you, you were already kind of in motion and committed to the, you know, doing this program, eating in this new healthy way. But I have seen you. So I've known you, I think, for eight years now. Um forever something like that six or eight years and um i've seen you go through a lot so you know it's not all rainbows and unicorns once you find you know quote unquote find something that works because you still have to do the work day in and day out even though it's a better solution and it makes more sense and it's scientifically driven you still have to do the work and so do you want to talk about some of the challenges that you have gone through and how you have persisted despite of them or in spite of them um, yeah, I would say, I guess I'll just fast forward to when I had my second child, because I feel like once you get two kids, it's like, whoo. um, anyway, so I get pregnant with Lillian and I was like, okay, I am going to work out, you know, this is going to be a pregnancy that I'm going to work out, you know, through the whole thing. And I still gained the exact 
exact amount of weight while working out and being healthy with my second pregnancy as I did my first pregnancy. I was a big pregnant woman. I was 200 pounds pregnant, but you have to keep in mind, Carol, I was 200 pounds when I graduated high school as well. So I was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I weigh the same amount pregnant as I did when I graduated high school. So weren't too bad. But uh, my second pregnancy, um, the delivery, everything was just so much better. I guess I was just more in shape. I could handle it better. So I had her... And um, I, I nursed my first, you know, well over a year. So my intentions were to nurse Lillian as well. Well, you know, I have I had psoriasis. Whenever I would get pregnant, my my psoriasis was just beautiful. My skin had cleared up. And um, before her, I had learned through nutrition, you know, allergies that I had like milk and dairy, um, like red meats cause a lot of inflammation in my body. So like I had learned things through this to help, um keep my psoriasis like lower, you know, the breakouts and everything. Well, after I have Lillian, I am nursing her and, you know, it's, you know how it is when you first have a kid, you're just exhausted. They're not sleeping. I was nursing and my body breaks out in psoriasis all over. It, I was like, what in the world? I had just had it on my elbows and now it is covering from my hips down to my toes. I can't even shave my legs. Like, and I just remember this, this is just awful. And I, I but I, I kept, you know, going, even though when it was that hard, like, and it was painful, I would still show up every day, I would still work out, do the things that I needed to do. This was the one thing that was consistent with me, like, no matter how stressed I was with my kids, anything going on, this was the one thing that stayed the same. This was the one thing that I guess made me sane. Um, because it gave me a break to kind of like tune out all the bad things or any, not necessarily that it was bad, you know, Hard. you know, that stage Hard. is wonderful, but it was still very stressful. And this gave me time to myself to just have a, a mom, mom time. And a lot of people's like, oh, you're a mom, you don't have time for yourself, but y y it's important that you make that time for yourself. Um, so how did, and you, then, create, like, how did you create that time? When, when would you get your workouts in? Oh man. I would wake up and I still like right now, I still wake up at like between four and four 30 in the morning on a school day. I wake up super early um, to get that workout in while everyone else is still asleep. I wake up, you know, I do my devotional, I pray and I do my workout and I just feel okay. I'm ready to tackle the day. I have had a moment to myself because you know, as a mom, as soon as they get up, they just demand all of your attention. And we need that time as a mom to ourselves to do something for our ourselves because we're, we're worth it. So that that's, I've always stuck with that because I need that for myself. So some people may think it's selfish that, you know, you are carving out this time to yourself, but I make it work. I do it in my own time when they're asleep. So it doesn't take anything away from them. And I make that work. But I know there have been other times when, because I've seen the videos when they've been there. So it doesn't always work out perfectly. And maybe they didn't sleep and they woke up at four o'clock. And I've seen you do it anyway. I've seen you do it with them in the background or them on top of you, underneath you, pulling at you, <laughs> hanging on to you. Yeah, you, you know, do it anyway. I'm changing that. I'm, I feel like I'm changing everything. Like you said, they're there with me and they are seeing me do it. Like whenever I was little, I never, you know, watched my parents prep salads or watch them prep healthy foods in the kitchen. You know, I never saw them 
them, hey, you want to let's go run? You want to let's do some sit-ups or some push-ups in the living room? So I feel like this is going to, my well, my hope is that, because I know they're going to struggle as well. My daughter's going through middle school and I can already see it happening. But my hope is that this is going to be their norm for them. They're never going to have to start a diet. They're not going to have to start a workout program. They're not going to have to start all these things because this is just normal life for them. Them you know, moving their body every day, them knowing, okay, I need to eat a vegetable today. I, mama said I need some fiber in me. Um, so I'm just hoping that, that that is, it's, it's all changed where it was. It started off. It was just for me, you know, me getting results. And now it's like, how can I pay this forward to them where they don't have to have these struggles? This can just be normal for them to move their body every day. They don't have to have that struggle and think, what do I need to do? Because they're going to be doing it anyways. I think that is just so, so incredible that yes, you want to feel good about you and you want to improve your own health, but to be that role model for them is just incredible because they are watching. They're watching everything that we do and they're absorbing it, whether they say it or not, they're absorbing it. And it's an incredible gift that you can give to them. Um, so having little kids being sleep deprived, it's one child is one challenge. And it would be so easy to say, oh, forget it. You know, I didn't sleep. They were up early. I can't do it. But you have stayed so focused to doing it anyway. And maybe they join you or you're willing to wake up earlier. Um, and there have been other challenges that have that could also have. It would have been very easy to just let it all go and just say, I can't do this anymore. Life is hard. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I don't want to get emotional, but here I am. <laughs> OK, Um, I would say about. 2019 things is like everything just kind of like hit rock bottom. I know my dad had open heart surgery and that was just like, oh, it was so hard, you know, to watch going through all of that. Cause like I said, he doesn't eat very healthy. <laughs> so um, we have a lot of health conditions in our family, like heart disease, you know, cancer. So my dad had open heart surgery and still I was I would still wake up and I would still press play on those workouts. I would wake up in the morning, work out before I went to the hospital. Because you see a lot of times whenever stuff like that happens in people's life, they get really depressed, you know, anxiety through the roof, stress. They're just super depressed and they just become a completely different person. Um, and to me, it just gave me something uh, it gave me an outlet. Like this was a way now it, it changed from, okay, from mom time, it changed from Tracy time, transportation, tra uh, transformation to, okay, this is an outlet for me. This is a way for me to express my emotions. Like sometimes the trainer would say things like you can do hard things. And I would take those things that they would say. And I'd be like, I can, I, my family can do hard things. Like we can get through all of this that is going on in our lives. And then, so we got through that. Everything's good now. Um, and then last year, it's like, it was just been like a roller coaster, like one bad thing after another. Um, my grandma, my dad's mom, she had Alzheimer's and she lived with them and um, she passed away. And, you know, same thing. I just kept grinding, kept doing my thing. I was like, this is going to be the one consistent thing in my life I'm going to do. I need this. I don't need to go to the doctor and get medicine for stress. I don't need to be depressed in this tunnel because because I, I believe too, like our kids see everything that is going on around us. And as little kids, you know, because I have a 
three-year-old and a 10-year-old, they need to see positivity. They don't need to see mommy in like this hole in her bed with the blanket over her head. They need to see me at my best. They need to see me, you know, facing hard things. And that workout to me is a way for me to get that stuff out. And then whenever they wake up, okay, I can be strong for you now. Like I can be happy. I can do this, you know, and I'm coaching at this point, you know, I'm coaching a lot of other people on their health journey as well. So I have to show up for them. So it kind of keeps you, I guess, sidetracked, like as an outlet of what's going on, um, because it is, it's contagious whenever other people are like, man, I feel so good. I'm getting results. Thank you, Trace. You're like, well, you know, how can I give up on them? Even though all this other bad stuff is going on in my personal life, you know, I need to be strong to help other people, to help my family. Because when my grandma had Alzheimer's, you know, my parents would need need us a lot. Me, my sister, my brother, they would need us a lot to help them out. And then, so I think my grandma passed away in, we'll say like, I think around September. And then my mom's mom, she had cancer and she passed away in October. So it was both of my grandparents had died, you know, within two months of each other. So it was just a very hard, sad time. But, and I remember I was doing, um, Amwala Caesars, um, 645. I don't know if you've done that program or not, but I just remember things that he would say. And I was like, I, I can, I can do this. And I remember I finished that program. I remember, I think the last day that I finished it was like actually a day of her funeral. And I was like, wow, you know, we, we can do, we can do hard things. Like most people, I feel like, you know, when something like that's happening, they just cut themselves off. This is the only thing they focus on. But I really think it's important to just try to shift your mind. And, you know, even though we're sad and there's a lot of hurt going on, to still take time to find some kind of outlet versus looking at medication or looking at going into a deep depression. You know, and this for me has has been my outlet. It keeps me on track and it just makes me makes me feel good. And I, I have been a witness to all of this. And so this part I can speak to, and I have seen you show up and you've been, you know, times when you were sad, when you were struggling, you were so flipping tired, um, you know, like things were really, really hard and you just kept showing up. I mean, it was really unbelievable to watch and it would be so easy in those moments to just give it all up. And, you know, and I just have to put as a psychologist, I have to put a little dis disclaimer in there that for some people, medications are an important part of healing and that is okay. But I think what your point is, is that there are other tools that we can use that help us, that can help us cope and that can help us, you know, um, find strength in the middle of a really, really hard time and exercise is a huge, huge way of doing that. Be, you know, there's something legitimate to that, the endorphins that you feel because of it and the sense of accomplishment. You know, it's five o'clock and I already woke up and I took care of myself today. It really does change your mindset going into whatever else you have to face during the day. So you were such a good example of how you used it as a positive outlet to help you get through really hard times, as well as continue to show up for the other people who are relying on you to be a role model, your kids and the other women that you work with. Um, you were such a good example of that. And then I think this brings us right up to COVID, right? Um, after all of that. And then there's this little thing called COVID and kids at home and homeschooling. And it did not get easier. <laughs> 
No, COVID. Well, I guess all that—that that was actually after COVID. So, like, I oh, like okay. that was harder to me than than COVID was, I guess. But yeah, oh man, and I kind of feel like that's kind of like Christmas break right now, just being at home with your kids yeah. nonstop, cleaning your house. It like it never it never stops. And at you know during the COVID time, you couldn't go out with friends. Which I would just like to say, I'm an introvert. So I mean, a lot of people don't believe I'm an introvert because like I'm so loud all the time. Um, but I, I have like my little small bubble of circles, which can like really consist of my husband, my two kids, like two friends and my mom and dad and brother and sister. Like we just live in this little circle. We're very close. So, um, but I can see where like people would really struggle during COVID time, not, not being able to go to the gym, not being able to go out and mingle with your friends and go out to eat. And even for me, like my outlet is going to work, being with my friends, being away from my kids and being still this whole, we've always been a virtual platform, you know, through body. We've always been a virtual platform. It's always been online coaching. We've always had online community. So that still continued. And I feel like it actually was stronger at that point, you know, because at this time our community had expanded because other people were seeing, oh, they, they have something to offer. You know, this is, is like real and it was so exciting seeing people and I believe you know find what works for you if if you need to take the medication if that helps you do that if you need to go to the gym go to the gym like whatever works for you you find that but I was excited you know I had found what worked for me and now other people they didn't have the option to, to do this class in person they were like okay I guess I'm gonna join you now Tracy I guess I'll try it and then they were like whoa this really works like they for what they had a plan I remember going to the gym and like looking around everywhere and to see if other people were looking at me and I didn't know what to do so like I would be like oh okay this is a cute machine I'd be like you know do something on that machine like two times and I'd run over here to this machine I'd get on the treadmill and then I'd get on the leg thing and I'm like oh well that was a full workout I had no idea what I was doing in that gym like no idea. All I know is I need to show up and I need to look cute because there will be a lot of people in that gym and, you know, I can go to my living room in my pajamas and I can work out now. And I know exactly what to do because I have a plan that's created by experts that tell me this is what you do on this day, Tracy. So it kind of like takes all of that guesswork out. But during COVID, you know, our community just really thrived. And I think we, we proved to others what we have to offer and, some people never went back. They kind of just stayed in this like virtual community and fitness. Community I would totally us. agree that these online communities were a savior during COVID. I mean, it was so hard for all of us in, in so many ways. And, you know, I, I think there were many days, weeks where I almost didn't even remember what was going on in the world. And because I was so involved with online communities and it enabled, it enabled us to stay connected when we lost a lot of those in-person connections. So we could go, we could have a whole separate episode on all of that, but um, I want to check in on one, one other thing. Your story is just so incredible. Um, your psoriasis. So how is that now with everything that you've learned over the years? How is that? Oh man, so my psoriasis has been a journey. Like I actually now, I know you can't see it on, on here, but I have this spot that's on my face right now. I don't know, you know, but I, whenever, you know, I first realized what was going on with me, I tried steroid shots, steroid creams, medications, and I remember them putting me on this medication 
And um, I remember it didn't work. And the reason why this stuck with me, Carol, is because I remember taking this medication and years later going to my doctor and they, they're, they are asking me, well, we can give you this medication if you are sure you're finished having kids. And I said, well, and I was like, well, why, why? I said, I've taken this before, you know, why would this matter if, if I were having kids again? He said, because this makes it where women, you know, can't get pregnant. It, it makes it where there's these complications with getting pregnant. Keep in mind that after I had Elizabeth, I wanted to go ahead and continue my family. I didn't want to have to wait seven, a seven year gap in between them. And I was like, oh my goodness, the medicine that I took way back when, when I first had psoriasis after Elizabeth, I know that made it now I was like, why would they give me this medication? So I think that just goes to prove, you know, that doing um, a more holistic approach versus taking all these medicines that you have nothing that no knowledge about. I was just kind of like, whatever the doctor would give me, I would take, but um, I did all of these tests and I found out, you know, what my body was sensitive to. And um, whenever the to be mindset came out, you know, it has that amazing journal where you can just track everything that you eat and like how your body is reacting to it every day. So I would start to write down, you know, this is what I was eating like for breakfast, for lunch. And I could tell, you know, for me, whenever I'm inflamed, I would break out like in red rashes. It was com com like itchy and everything. And that food diary, that food journal, um, I was able to tell, oh, my goodness, well, I ate this yesterday. This did not agree with my body. Maybe it was a fluke. But if I would eat it again, I could write it down. And I was able to track and see, whoa, OK, every time I'm eating ice cream, because keep in mind, even though. You know, I just would like to throw this out there, Carol, even though I'm healthy now and I've lost this weight and I'm maintaining it, you know, I am still going to my mom's house, eating fried pork chops on Sundays. You know, I allow that in my life. I allow myself to still do those things I enjoy. And I think that is a big part of keeping my results up, you know, allowing myself to have a meal that I enjoy and not punishing myself as, okay, you know, I messed up. I've got to start all over, you know, considering it as a treat. Um, but I learned through those things, okay, this is what's going to help me not have these breakouts with my psoriasis. And to me, it is um, dairy bothers me and gluten bothers me, especially ice cream. Ice cream really breaks me out. That's but like once I learned that, I, you know, yeah, my skin just looks so much, my skin looks so much better now. And I have tried different medications now because after I had Lillian, it was a, a point where I was, I just could not, no matter what I would do. And I think it was the hormones in my body from, you know, just having a baby, breastfeeding and everything. And I um, tried different medications. I started off with Humira and um, I recently went to my doctor and I said, because once you start these medications, it's like a lifelong thing that you have to do. And I was like, you know, well, my skin's clear now. You know, I don't want to take these anymore. And he's like, well, Tracy, this is something you're going to have to do for life. And I'm like trying to argue with him. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to have to do this for life. So he has agreed to let me come off of that medication. And he switched me to one I only have to take um, once every eight weeks. But I think that just goes, and you know, I have managed it without any medication before. I just think that just goes to show that your life is always in different places and you need different things at different time. And, um, but overall things that you f fuel your body with nutrition is, is going to make you, you feel 
the best because I think too it go, whenever my psoriasis was the worst and I had to go on medication was I really eating the foods that I needed to you know was I just a tired mom nursing just trying to shove something in my mouth at that moment to feed myself um yeah that's probably what was going on and so now I've proven to my daughter okay hey I can come off this medication because I'm doing it right now because I'm back on track where I need to be so I am proof that um food is fuel. I don't care what anyone says. And I feel like we should focus so much more on that food is fuel. When you, especially like sugar, I was reading somewhere where like sugar is like cocaine in the brain. Like it's very addictive. Um, and it's so true. You know, if you would just give yourself, and at first it's awful, your head's going to hurt. You're going to be like a whole crazy person. But I promise you, if you give yourself, I, I say three weeks, you can make a habit. You know, I know this is all talking about like healthy habits, like do the hard for three weeks, because if you don't even give your, give yourself a chance to do it, you know, you're going to end up right back where you were. Just do the hard thing. Cause if you don't, you wait three weeks, you're like, man, three weeks would have been over by now. If I would have just done it, I could have been over this by now. So just know, yeah, it's going to be hard. But if you, if you tell yourself, I can do this every day, you can do hard things. It's just a matter of you deciding, Hey, I am going to do this. You have to change your mindset. You have to be willing. You have to be ready. You have to put some skin in the game. You know, I spent that $140 way back when, and I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to have to file for bankruptcy after this. Um, but I did. Um, put some skin in the game and then get yourself a plan. Commit to it. Say, I am going to do this. You have to tell yourself you can do hard things. And then you have to believe that you can do hard things, Carol. You can't just say it. You have to do it. It's a lot easier to talk the talk than it is to walk the walk. You got to walk the walk. Well, I think that is a perfect place for us to stop. I mean, you just kind of summed it all up. Um, and this was so good. Thank you so much for being willing to share your story um, and share how you are an example of how you can fight against a lot of things that you might think are working against you. You can really fight through that and persist and thrive, you know, physically, emotionally, in terms of being a role model to others, getting through the difficult times in, in life. Um, you know, what you eat really matters. Moving your body is an amazing coping skill and finding um, a community, you know, finding people to hold you accountable and to go through it with you um, are really some golden secrets. And that's what brought you to me, for which I am so thankful. And thank you yes. for sharing this for other people. I want us all to really internalize this as this is January, as we go into the new year, I want us to take this message home that we can do hard things and we can persist when life gets hard because it will. And then your work will pay off and it will make life easier in other ways. So Tracy, thank you so much for that amazing message and story. And thank you to everyone for listening to another episode. I'll be back next week and have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.